This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 385, How Your Insecurity is Bought and Sold, part two, by Mark Manson of markmanson.net, and I'm Justin Mollick. Welcome to Optimal Living Daily, one of four podcasts where we read to you from amazing blogs and authors who have given us permission to do so. Here I cover personal development, minimalism, and more, anything that can help optimize your life. This podcast actually started as a way for me to work on my performance-based and social anxiety, and I think it's helping. I've now done this every day for over a year, and there are three other podcasts where we read you even more blogs. Make sure to subscribe to those too if you like the format of this show. You can find them by searching for Optimal Living Daily in the podcast app of your choice. And today's episode is a continuation from yesterday. Sometimes I break up longer posts into two episodes because I like to keep these fairly short. So if you're new here or skipping around, I'd recommend listening to yesterday's episode before this one. I think that's enough of an intro, so let's continue the post as we optimize your life. How Your Insecurity is Bought and Sold, Part 2, by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. Through Freud, Bernays understood something nobody else in business ever understood before him, that if you can tap into people's insecurities, if you can needle at their deepest feelings of inadequacy, then they will buy just about any thing you tell them to. This form of marketing became the blueprint of all future advertising. Trucks are marketed to men as ways to assert strength and reliability. Makeup is marketed to women as a way to be more loved and garner more attention. Beer is marketed as a way to have fun and be the center of attention at the party. I mean, my God, Burger King used to market hamburgers with have it your way. That doesn't even make sense. After all, how else does a women's magazine that shows 150 pages of airbrushed pictures of women in the 0.01th percentile of the population in terms of beauty make money other than turning around and selling beauty products next to those exact same airbrushed women? Or beer commercials that show raucous parties with friends, girls, tees, sports cars, Vegas, friends, more girls, more tees, more beer, girls, 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 parties, dancing, cars, friends, girls drink Budweiser. This is all marketing 101 today. When I first studied marketing, when I started my first business, I was told to find people's pain points and then subtly make them feel worse, then turn around and tell them my product will make them feel better. In my case, I was selling dating advice, so the idea was to tell people that they will be lonely forever, that no one will ever like them or love them, that something must be wrong with them. Oh, and here, buy my book. I didn't do that, of course. It made me feel icky and it took me years to really understand why. In our culture today, marketing often is the message. The vast majority of information that we're exposed to is some form of marketing. And so if the marketing is always trying to make you feel like to get you to buy something, then we're essentially existing in a culture designed to make us feel like and we'll always wanna overcompensate in some way. One thing I've noticed over the years is that of the thousands of people who have emailed me for advice in one form or another, a large percentage of them didn't actually seem to have any identifiable problem. Rather, they clung to bizarre and unrealistic standards for themselves. Like the college kid who goes to college expecting to go to insano pool parties with bikini-clad women on a daily basis and is then disappointed when he feels socially awkward because he has to go to class and study hard subjects and make new friends and constantly be unsure of himself because he's never lived on his own before. The latter experience is totally normal, yet he somehow shipped himself off to university with expectations of Animal House every weekend. This sort of thing is happening all over. I know for me, my conception of romance and a relationship when I was young was some cross between a random episode of Friends and a Hugh Grant movie. 
Needless to say, I spent many years feeling frustrated and as though something must be inherently wrong with me. Bernays was aware of all of this, by the way, but Bernays' political views were like a diet version of fascism. He believed that it was both inevitable and in everybody's best interests that the weak be exploited by the strong through media and propaganda. He called it the invisible government and generally thought the masses were stupid and deserving of whatever smart people convinced them to do. Our society has evolved to an interesting point in history. Capitalism, in theory, works by allotting resources to fulfill everyone's needs and demands in the most efficient way possible. But perhaps capitalism is only the most efficient means of fulfilling a population's physical needs, needs for food, shelter, clothing, etc. Because in a capitalist system, it also becomes economical to feed into everyone's insecurities, their vices and vulnerabilities, to promote their worst fears and constantly remind them of their shortcomings and failures. It becomes profitable to set new and unrealistic standards to generate a culture of comparison and inferiority because people who constantly feel inferior make the best customers. After all, people only buy something if they believe it will solve a problem. Therefore, if you wanna sell more stuff than there are problems, you have to encourage people to believe there are problems where there are none. This isn't an attack on capitalism. It's not even an attack on marketing. I don't think there's some big overarching conspiracy to keep the sheeple in line. I think the system simply creates certain incentives that shapes media, and then the media go on to shape a callous and superficial culture based on trying to always live up to something. Overall, our system has done pretty well and still does for the most part. I like to think of it as the least worst solution to organizing human civilization. Unbridled capitalism simply brings with it certain cultural baggage that we must learn to be aware of and adopt to. Oftentimes, the marketing in our economy pushes insecurity onto us that is not helpful and that intentionally triggers inadequacies or addictions within ourselves to make more profit. Some may argue that this sort of stuff should be regulated and controlled by government. Maybe that can help a little bit, but it doesn't strike me as a good long-term solution. The only real long-term solution is for people to develop enough self-awareness to understand when mass media is prodding at their weaknesses and vulnerabilities and to make conscious decisions in the face of those fears. The success of our free markets has burdened us with the responsibility of exercising our freedom to choose. And that responsibility is far heavier than we often realize. You just listened to part two of the post titled How Your Insecurity is Bought and Sold by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. And before we go, we are now just two days away from a raffle where I give away a book. This is not scary marketing. I'm not trying to feed at your insecurities. I just want you to win a nice book. If you wanna be a part of that and also get some free spreadsheet tools from me to help you optimize your life, one even comes with a video tutorial, come by oldpodcast.com and enter your email address there, or you can text in, just text the word optimal to the number 44222. That'll get you on my weekly newsletter where I share a life tip, a nice quote, what's going on with my life and these podcasts, and usually a picture. Plus, you're entered to win books every single month, like I mentioned. You get some free spreadsheet tools from me too. It's all free. So again, come by oldpodcast.com and enter your email address there or text the word optimal to the number 44222 for a faster way to join. And that's it for today. Have a great rest of your day and I'll catch you in tomorrow's show, New Year's Eve, where your optimal life awaits. Hey, this is Dan from the Optimal Finance Daily Podcast, which is a lot like this show, except more focused on personal finance. 
Justin handpicks the best posts he can find from blogs and authors like Ramit Sethi, Mr. Money Mustache, and more, and I read them to you five days a week. So if you enjoy this podcast, come on over and subscribe to Optimal Finance Daily too. And together, we'll optimize your financial life. You've been listening to Optimal Living Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.